Hello, welcome to the podcast. Hello there, everyone. Uh, Paul and I have come to Jamaica, where we are here for a few weeks, and we're going to record like a Jamaican album or podcast. Hopefully, we're going to do about eight, where we Guy, try that, and get. Uh, we, we keep with what the podcast does. I love this. Does. We're going to try and do about eight. We, we what do you mean? Well, how do you know we're going to do eight? Because that's eight in an album, isn't it? Oh, actually, it's not. It's fourteen tracks. That'll be a hell of a long album. Depends if you're talking about like vinyl. Eight traps. Yeah, vinyl talking about vinyl. Yeah, well, there's only half an hour aside on. No, it's half. Oh, yeah, yeah 20 minutes aside. Yeah, we're not doing a four-minute podcast. What are we on about, anyway? Anyway, we're going to do, do some pods. The idea is infused with a different culture and a different climate and a different vibe, and these are going to be the Jamaican ones. Mm. Uh, it doesn't mean we're going to talk about Jamaica exclusively, but we did think we might possibly, if, if it feels right talk to a couple of Jamaican people um, just for the amusement of ourselves. And hopefully you as people, well. Because yeah, yeah. there are some real characters here. I mean, if any of you have been to Jamaica, you'll know that. The people, they've got great language. And it's a really interesting place where we are. Guy's been here for some time. It's a place called Cousins Cove, and it's really a fishing village, I guess. Yeah, we, well, we used to have a little fishing fleet, but unfortunately... We potted before about the decline in fishing in, in, in fish stocks, but there's not so many fish in the sea. And another way, the, the phrase is, there's always, not, always some more fish in the there's sea. There's always plenty more fish in the sea. Totally uh, wrong. Whoops. <laughs> totally <laughs> there's always one more fish in the sea. Guy was joking last night because the, the spearfishers were out in the night last night under the red moon, and you can see their head torches under the water, quite ghostly, eerie. Bluish tinted. It is. It's very airy. If you don't know what they are, yeah, it does look like girls. aliens are coming. Yeah, yeah. But um, the guy said, "Yes, they're all out there looking for the last fish in Cousins Cove, chasing <laughs> it around, going like sport, chasing yeah. the last extremely clever fish. There's one left." Anyway, I wanted to say something because I've never I, on the flight over here. I actually won a prize, and I'm quite proud of it. So I'm just going to tell you about that for a second. Um, the 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 air stewardesses. Uh, announced over the tannoy on this jumbo jet we were flying um, Virgin that they were going to have a contest to guess the combined ages of all of the stewards and stewardesses on the plane maybe I don't know if it included the air crew no it was the 15 no, no it was just the it was 15, just 15 yeah. who were working yeah. and a plane I mean, it was a full jumbo really and anyway I guessed it Within four, Pete, within, within four years, the combined ages of everybody. I thought it was a very odd competition for a number of reasons. One, they said, we got a prize, and you have to, to guess the combined age of the 15 cabin, cabin crew. Ugh. But I then thought that they opened themselves up, they did, to everyone really scrutinising them about their age. And, and I watched people look at And whenever one came past me to give me a coffee or to give me a, a whiskey or whatever they did... Uh, I think, oh, how old are you? <laughs> and I thought it was, and I felt a little bit uncomfortable about it, and I don't know how much it felt for them. And I also thought, I wonder if anyone took the piss with, you know, putting in either a, like, a ludicrously large figure. I'm sure they did. Positing that they were all sort of 65. Mm. But anyway, Paul, uh, Paul won it, and he won a really nice bottle of Burgundy, yeah. which we drank last we night. We drank it last night. Drank last night. <laughs> and actually, just before we went to, uh, I wanted to, to, to tell... Uh, tell tell uh, you about my car got towed from outside my house and I was very, very angry because I do have a parking permit and two of my wheels were on the right This bit. is before we set off. Yeah, before we set off, yeah, in London. 
And I went down the... And I, and I, and I, I rang up, because I thought it might have been stolen, and I discovered it had been taken in a, a very short period of time that I was illegally parked. And I felt aggrieved, and I felt uh, there was an injustice done. I didn't like it at all, and I lost my temper. And I was on the phone trying to track down where it was. And my son very coolly put his arm around me and said, you know, Dad, you're not going to get the car back any farther, any faster with, with, you know, being angry and shouting at people, and it might possibly uh, slow it down. And I got a, he then went off about his day, and I got in a cab, went out to the pound, this miserable-looking place out sort of in Ealing somewhere, you know, with, like, mesh fencing, and, and he went into this horrible office with um, bars on the windows, there's bulletproof glass between me and the person on the other side. The chairs had been secured to the floor because it, so many people picked them up and threw them around. Tried to smash their way through into, yeah, the, into they, the office. Yeah, they turned up so angry. In fact, there were no other people, but I walked in and I was still <clears throat> fuming with anger. And I just thought, what I thought, Paul, was, I've got all this energy inside me and I'm just... I'm going to see if I can do it another way. So I walked in and I said, hello, uh, I believe you have kindly taken my car out to West London, which is so convenient as I was travelling to Oxfordshire anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'd like to start, start, if I may, by thanking you all. Anyway, they looked at me like I was a <laughs> 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 And then I was this said, and, and how much am I paying for this service? And they went, well, it's 55 quid for the parking ticket and 200 for the removal. I went, what a bargain. What I must, do, I must do this more often. I said, thank you so much. And uh, I said, what, what company is this? They said, we work for Serco. I said, I have heard so many good things about Serco. All I hear, and you are, the, and you are the, it's wonderful to put a face to, uh, to, to, to the corporation. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's excellent to be spending Saturday morning um, uh, doing a transaction with you. Thank you so much indeed. And um, I didn't know if I was taking the piss because I started suddenly feeling really good about it. I had to pay the 255 quid, whether I lost my temper or I didn't. Whether I lost my temper or I didn't. If you want your car yeah. back. And, oh, no, it's 40 quid a day from then on. So a, a tantrum and storming off would have just cost me 40 quid. Mm. And I, I realised that the energy between anger and fun was much closer, or, or the sort of vibe was much closer, much easier to tap than I thought. <laughs> and, 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 and they were so freaked out. I said, is everyone like me? Is this a, and, they, and they went, no, people are normally quite angry. That's why we have a bulletproof, man came in with a gun, we got bulletproof glass here. And right at the end, when I was driving my car away, uh, I said to the guy, as, uh, uh, are people quite angry? And he went, yeah, 99% of people are extremely angry. And he said, actually, this is a really, really stressful job. And I see his little shoulders slope down. He's standing by my car. It was the Saturday morning, we were very quiet. And I said, I bet it is. And he said, no, it's really is. I've got to change my job. Do you, he said, you seem like a happy person. Do you know any jobs oh, that, I, no. that, that, I might, that might be right for me? Oh, no. I said, I'm sure... Uh, just having people screaming at you. He said, yes, they do shout. And they're very angry. It's a hard world for little things, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, God. God. I mean, I, I guess loads of people are in fucking miserable jobs out there. Yeah. What can you do? Yeah. Just not have one. Go on the dole. A life of crime beckons, mm. I think. If I, if I had to do it again, I'd probably end up doing that. If I was starting now. But I drove off, Paul, 
feeling kind of joy in my heart that I'd somehow managed to t have, a, have a decent human interaction with these people rather than just shouting at a figure of authority, which is what I would normally do if yes. I have a tantrum. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to definitely do it again. The next time I see myself getting into a, uh, a, uh, a, a conflict with authority, I'm going to really try and enjoy it instead of... Uh, uh, be horrible about we it. We had an unusual week actually, the week before we arrived here. In the, I was helping Guy in Glastonbury, and um, we we tried to unblock a drain which had a, which we discovered did have quite a substantial fat berg in it. And, plug, and a, a, pl <laughs> a plug of greasy, fatty substance. So we bought, we went and bought this rod, like a bit like what a chimney sweep uses, and it had a rubber plunger on the end, and we were. Fucking around with this thing. Turned out we'd put it down the wrong hole. Um, anyway, we, we we did in the end give up covered in speckled, smelly, speckled in fatberg. Even I could felt stinky. it on my lips and in my ear. Yeah, and yeah, it, you oh, could taste it. Oh, oh. So we'd after a valley. I thought we had fairly a high pressure hose, and at one point I put the hose in, and it and it sort of kicked back. It <laughs> spurted out everywhere. Geezer of fatberg. <laughs> it was so we were caught. We, we we went over the fence into next door's garden, and we just thought, God, we're not. We don't even know if we're in the right hole here. So, in the end, we got the experts in, and they they of course they did the job in very short order. But that, the, the fun didn't end there. We erected a ladder next, and uh, it yeah, went. Up I decided that as I was there, it was a good time to clean the gutters. Two and a half stories. Because or so. what I know about this, if, if with a building, one leaky gutter, Paul, left for a year or two years, can do absolutely calamitous damage to a building in yeah. Britain. In Britain, where where if if the water is running into down the, the wall, wall, yeah, it yeah. can do so much damage. Yes, it can melt a house if you don't do it. So cleaning out the gutters. <laughs> Cleaning out the gutters is, is something that I pay some attention to. But it was very high, it's two storeys, and uh, I don't have a very good head for heights, but I did This have is what I discovered ladder. when we put the ladder up, and he looked at me and said, Paul, I'm not very good with heights, would you mind going up? Yeah, and, and Paul was goddamn so courageous, and he went up this rather twangy ladder, and I did think this is quite dangerous. I was cursing a lot. Yeah, and it just did look quite dangerous, and then he went... Oh, off the top of the ladder onto... Was it a flat... It's a flat it's roof. It's a flat roof, but it was very slippy up there. Flat roof. Yeah, yeah. slimy flat yeah, roof. slimy flat roof with nothing really to hang on and to. And then he cleaned out the gutter, and then we had the problem of getting him back down onto the ladder because the ladder was, was propped up just underneath the gutter, so he couldn't, he couldn't get onto it above the roof level. It meant dangling over the gutter with the gutter on my tummy, but then I realised... Trying I, to find the first rung. I had nothing run. to hang on to, <laughs> so I realised that my weight... You're tipping. Be, sliding. I've got very heavy legs, listeners. <laughs> I rediscovered, which started pulling me off the roof. And by this time, I was just howling and effing and blinding. And his little legs came out wagging, going, guy, wagging, guy, wagging. How? What are we going to do? We're going to have to call the, the, the fire brigade. But then guys started moving the ladder. I was going, for fuck's sake, guy, to, don't move the ladder. To try and get it under, to try and get the ladder under oh your feet. Oh, my God, it was fucking... And I remember that we'd said we were going to go on podding till one of us died, and I thought, maybe I've done my best <laughs> Because if Paul falls here, this is a real situation. Yeah, I was definitely... Have, yeah, was I could, my legs could have gone through the ladder and it could have twacked me backwards. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it doesn't bear thinking. Anyway, we got down from there. And then our next task was to move... I've got this vehicle. And this is... It's a bit embarrassing, really. I bought this vehicle a number of years ago. I thought perhaps I might have to live in it at some point. It's called an ultra van. It's, a, it's an American camper. It looks a bit van. like a tube train which has escaped and gone, yeah. gone rogue. yeah. I mean, it's very wide. It looks, it looks fat and slow it, and very unsteady. 
If you want to see it, it's, if you if you Google Ultravan six hundred four, it will come up. It's right. the last one made, or the very it's the so very it's last. It's like Dumbo the elephant with no trunk. <laughs> Looks like <laughs> he's got a really kind of I don't know, it's quite a forlorn face. Hasn't very it? forlorn, rightly so, because <laughs> <laughs> it's the most impractical vehicle oh, come on. ever conceived. It's got, it's got central heating. <laughs> Yeah, it's, got central it's, got, it's got central heating, it's got a shower, it's got a bathroom, it's and got a full kitchen. It's also got wheels the size of a tea trolley. I mean, it looks, it's so impractical in Britain. Anyway, it's, it's wider than uh, wider than most lanes. It is, it is wider than the lanes. Yeah. And I was driving it last year, and the wheel actually physically came off the axle. And the only thing that was holding it on was the was the was the um, the brake caliper. And this was on the M25, and I managed to get the thing off the M25 and people undertaking me as I swerved across three lanes, went down this spiral, and I very luckily found this kind of backwater where we could park it. And the wheel was literally hanging off the, the axle. So it's been a long haul to get the wheel back on because the thing about the Ultravan is nobody knows what the parts are. The bloke wouldn't let, let Paul pick it up from the garage unless he signed a disclaimer. <laughs> this vehicle is so shite. He didn't say it was shite. He said it needs work to the to the weight, to the geometry. Oh, yeah. Of the front. yeah, yeah, strike shite for the shite. record because on, he's guy. now about to try and sell it. Um, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, actually, it's a very sought-after thing because it, it is an amazing-looking thing. It is Look, have a just Google it and have a look. You can draw your own conclusions. Uh, the, our listeners in America, which we've discovered we have quite a few of, incidentally, which is a, quite a surprise to us. We can't We'll come on to that, but we can't imagine a why you're listening to us. of you are in America. Anyway, what I'm going to say, Guy, just a second, is that the Ultravan is actually quite well known in America because it's a bit like the VW equivalent, anyway. We drove this thing in convoy back to my friend's place. I quite like driving in convoy. I didn't really know what to do, but I put my, ha my hazard lights on. Which was bizarre, because he, fr he was in front of me with his hazard lights on. Yeah, but I wanted to alert oncoming traffic that was wide, that they had to keep Wide across. vehicle. Yeah, wide vehicle, yeah. Exactly. And he kept putting his hand out the window and then driving... And the I was like waving, I had like a relationship with everyone, and waving people through <laughs> and thanking them. <laughs> It was at, well, from, where, from where I was sitting. Exceptional. Your gesticulations were completely didn't random. Make sense. Didn't make sense. Yeah. They did and not only me. that, but he kept slowing down. Yeah. And I'm in this fucking big bus behind him. I'm like, I kept just shouting, "Don't fucking slow down!" But my phone had failed to work, so I couldn't communicate with him. Yeah. Anyway, it was a it was a, a typical Kenaway fryer. <laughs> when we did the sewer, we got covered in shit. Fat bird, rather. <laughs> Paul Bush started singing Laurel and Hardy. And it did seem very appropriate. It was so Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Anyway, we did get the Ultravan back eventually. And then, it, and then I switched the engine off and thought, well, it's going to start because we've just driven it 12 miles. And, of course, it was parked quite badly on a corner. And as Guy said, the tea trolley wheels didn't give out much clearing on the verge. Oh, it was, and it was on a very dangerous corner in Northamptonshire, busy road in Northamptonshire. Yeah. And... I just thought there is about to be <laughs> such a calamity. Well, the thing is, if anyone had hit it from behind, it would have turned into a random collection of fragments of, mm. of aluminium. Lockerbie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say that, but, yeah, it would have looked like an air crash. There would have been bits of it all over the road. Yeah. And people would come, come thundering around the corner and then slamming the anchors on anyway, it, swerving. So, so, so Paul nipped back there, because we had to open a gate. Paul nipped back there to... to, to, to uh, uh, fire it up and to drive it through the gate and it wouldn't start. And then I lost my temper. Yeah, you lost your temper, appropriately. Yeah. I thought, because this whole thing is a sodding nightmare. And, and like, got no, you. no! Slapping the dashboard, banging my head on the thing, yeah. kicking it, yeah, and, I, and, then I just, and then I just... I took a very deep breath and I said, I must apologise for that guy, for that... 
<laughs> momentary loss of reason because I did lo I lost my mind a little bit, but yeah. I, I quickly recovered. No, you were angry. That's okay yeah. to be angry. I think it's uh, as I was it, with the with with the car tow away. But you, but again, you reined it in. Well, it's like you said very it's, well. It's not how you fall; it's how you get up. That's what you yeah, always yeah, say. Yeah. You know. Anyway, that was our week before. It was quite a fucking funny week, I have to tell you. But So if anyone's interested in... in Buying a very top-quality camper van. I've totally <laughs> fucked this, haven't I? Anybody, no-one's going to be interested in it now. I've completely... What's the word? I've well, undermined I, it myself. It suits an enthusiast. Yes, it's, an, it's a project, yes, you might it's say. a project. But it does look pretty good, well... Guy, guy, you're not the person. Just don't no, even no, try, because no, no. you can just hear in the timbre of your voice that you have no enthusiasm for it at all. But I've stayed in it, actually, on Ilkley Moor, and it was really nice. It's got a lot of glass. And Anyway, if anyone's interested, just give us a call and we'll see what we can do. That's a Paul's, put, remember, Paul's used car lots. Hey, let's put a picture of it on The Verge when it had broken down on the Facebook page. Did I get a picture of that? I got one. Did you? Well, I had to. Typical. I had to take. Typical. <laughs> I've got. I've he got a lot of pictures of Paul's cars broken down. He could he's barely. Always, he's always going on about how flash his cars are, and they do look. They always look pretty spectacular. But I love photographing them when they're broken down with the bonnet up or Paul. And I've got some great ones of you in the Bristol. Oh, with the bonnet up. Guy, stop it. That was looking confused into into the into the engine. Guy just doesn't understand that when you're running a classic vehicle, you know, it, they require love. He's got he's got his Audi. Mind you, you're, I've got a picture of you under the bonnet of your Audi. <laughs> <laughs> when? I'll show it to you. I've got a picture. I thought, touche, motherfucker. <laughs> Imagine most of the cars you see broken down at the side of the road. I think BMWs. I always really? make a note of that. Does it cheer you when you go past and see some a, 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 a very angry-looking man standing next to a broken-down no, Ferrari? No, because I, a, have, I feel a sense of camaraderie. I often feel like stopping and helping them, Guy, unlike right. you, who just goes, titter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were talking about it yesterday about or our pod listeners. We're not really sure because the uh, the figures are, I don't think they're very accurate or that, that rather they're accurate. We don't can't quite tell who is listening and when they're listening and what. But we definitely don't know why. Of course, they could be just making it up for all. But they say that quarter of our listeners in America and more than that, most of them are in California. Now, do you know? I'm trying to think if I know anyone who lives in California. No. But we don't know anyone. But someone is listening to us, and I'm just think. What I wonder what our appeal is for them. Yeah, we would like if anyone's listening in California, from, from California or in America, we'd just be curious to know what you could possibly be getting out of this. <laughs> Can you even understand us? Yes. <laughs> and also, I seem to remember rather embarrassingly being incredibly rude about America. <laughs> Guy, you said that they were the worst people in the world. No, I did not say the worst people. I said they were a very ruthless and effective tribe. The no, you said they were the worst people they, in the world. The, I, I am one of. The, I am the worst person in the world. You said it. You said it on the pod. On no, pod I didn't. Three. I didn't. I, I, I was referring it. to. Listen okay. to this. All right. Guy, it's anyway, recorded. I would like to withdraw every all the <laughs> negative remarks and wipe the slate clean. No, you said negative. You said rednecks. Yeah, the worst exactly. In the I said, no, I said that they're the most powerful, effective. You know, they they you know they're a brutal goddamn tribe. You don't mess with a redneck, guy. American redneck guy. Yeah. You said. And I quote, the rednecks, they're the worst people in the world. And I said, Guy, you can't say that. And you said, yes, I can, because it's true. Right. Well, I do stand by that. They're a, they're a, Paul, look at their record. They're a very tough tribe. You mess with them at your peril. Look who stood in their way. They don't, you know, they've had their asses kicked a lot of who times. Who 
Well, the Vietnamese for a start. Yeah, the Vietnamese. Too. I'm sorry about this. Look, maybe we shouldn't yeah. get into this. <laughs> You're never going to lose. That's our last American. Uh, oh, God. Uh, yeah. Listeners, we've just switched off. We've got one in Russia, haven't we? Azerbaijan, I think. A- have we? Azerbaijan? Somewhere yeah, like we've got that. Some, one. We've got one over one there. One in Poland. Yeah. I mean, it is strange. Look, because the thing about this is. We put this on the internet, and the internet, obviously, we just think of it as being in our living room. We've got no idea what that because it does literally go everywhere in the world. Mm. So if you're somewhere in the world, would you please um, just send us a little note? Because we'd just like to know where you're listening from and why you're listening. And if you send it to Sonic Landfill, S-O-N-I-C-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-L, at gmail.com, it would be really nice to hear from you. And, and we mean that. More sincerely, folks, we really do. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I'm really curious. Yeah. Because I yeah. can't imagine what the fuck you're getting out of it, really. Yeah, I said to my Jamaican friends, you listening to it, they didn't know, man. <laughs> you can just see they're just like, yeah, they don't even want to talk about no, it. No, actually, actually like, it's, totally, it's a non-subject. It's embarrassing. It's a, it's a non-subject. But I, I, I got Paul to listen to Irie FM, which is uh, the local... It, well, it's just, it was started off as a reggae station, but it's a kind of alternative station out in Jamaica, and it's an absolutely brilliant radio station, as you can well imagine. Mm. I think it was originally financed by Peter Tosh, but I don't know who owns it now. And they have on it a man called Muta Baruka. Now, there may be some people... Also known as the Stepping Razor. Yeah. The Art of War. Stepping Razor, Art of War. Art of War. And he has the most fantastic radio style. And I base a lot of what, of what I'm doing on this podcast on listening to Muta. <laughs> because he can start talking about international international sort of politics for China and soon get round to yeah. the, the parking on his street. And then he'll go, he'll just go wherever he wants. But because he's Muta, he can ring people up and... and um, in, in authority and get them on the radio straight away. Right. So, so in, in a conversation about parking, you go, hold on, let me just ring the head of parking in Kingston. <laughs> Gets them on the line and goes, it's Mooty. Gives him a grilly. Exactly, <laughs> why can't I park on my street? Yeah, yeah he was great. He did that yesterday afternoon. They were talking about the Buju Banton concert yesterday. That's what all that was about. Have you heard about Buju Banton's son? No. Today, Buju Banton's son has come out saying, how come seven of 17 children he's got, 10 of them are not pleased to see that he's out of prison? He's a cokehead raster, and I and I don't want to have anything to do with him. And he's not reformed, and he's worse than ever. A real amazing attack. And this that son, whose name I don't know, but anyone in Jamaica will know him, is quite a big promoter in Jamaica. Wow. And he said, I'm not happy with my dad, and he's a... He's, he's a wanker. He's basically a wanker. A very public spat. He's a very popular wanker over here, though. Yeah, he did say he's a, he's a, he's a great performer. He said he's a great performer, but a terrible man right. and a terrible father. Must sting. Must do. Must sting. Unless he doesn't give a fuck. And, I mean, and yeah, he's going down the dealer. I, I should be a little bit careful what I say. Jesus, guy. It's yeah, extremely yeah. dangerous. Mind your neck, kid. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Mind you, no, we've just, we've just established that people don't listen to this here. Right, OK. Absolutely. Don't we don't can worry say about anything it. about Jamaica. Of course, Buju Banton is famous, probably around the world, for his song... His seminal um, anti-gay yeah. anthem, yeah. "Boom Bye Bye," in which he directly advocates the shooting of homosexuals. Yeah. So you know, I actually have got very little sympathy for the fucker. Really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't. I mean, I can understand. Yeah, but you can say something stupid, or you can put a bit of work out that later you realise is wrong. And I, I don't know if he has. Has he? Has he kind of withdrawn it? No, he hasn't. He hasn't. No, no not at all. Yeah, Far from it. He sounds like he's. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. He well, I, like a his dick. son actually mentioned it in this in this post that I saw, saying that he was he was not uncool. He he he, he wasn't he wasn't homophobic. Is that what he said? Yeah, the son said. The son said, uh, "Butty men are cool with me." 
Oh, so the sun's easy to batty by him and no problem. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever. Because yeah. Yeah. He, he wanted to, to, to distance <laughs> it's, himself. It's just the language as well. I know. Ba- batty. <laughs> I have no problem with bat- <laughs> batty boys. <laughs> it's just, they come, they've got a lot, bit of a journey to go, the Jamaicans, on this particular subject. Yeah, they have. But, yeah. you know, there we are. They've come from a very difficult place around it, and <clears throat> it's been a rocky and slow journey. It was fucking interesting, the conversation last night. What's that? Well... Because we had some white people there, but Katie Dieter was here, who's a friend of Guy's and mine now from... The University of West Indies and West also Indies. Another, another university called Edna, which is like the art school. The and the conversation school. last night got on sexual politics. And oh, the, yeah, yeah, with, with two Jamaicans. And the two the Jamaican world. guys. They, could, they were like, yeah. They, I mean, I, you know, Orville's, you know, he's pretty switched on, but they, I did look over at them from time to time, and the... They were just, you could see they were completely fascinated because I just don't think... I thought they were fascinated too. They didn't say anything. Well, they, and, ca- and they laughed occasionally when, yeah. you know... And I, was... I, I could tell because we were speaking in English and quite, uh, uh, well, quite erudite English. That, not erudite English. <laughs> Even if we do so ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, no, you no, know. we were speaking fast in, you know, in, 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 in complex English and I thought probably there'd be a little bit that they didn't pick up, but they, they understood... That and then we were going over. Katie's half Jamaican. Yeah. No, no, she's not half Jamaican. No, no, half Jamaican. no, no, she's 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 got she's black and white. Katie's she's, half. She's black from and Indiana. Yeah. Indiana. She's from Indiana. So you know she and she she does um, gender studies in Kingston, Jamaica, <sighs> which I think is quite a tough gig. Bloody hell! I mean, fuck. <laughs> How she pulls that off, I don't okay. know. <laughs> But she says all of her courses are really oversubscribed. Right. Like, a hundred people trying to get into her class. Yeah, but didn't, didn't she, they, they also say, don't do that course, you, you're turning this place into, into, a, into a gay... Yeah. ..into a gay university. What's this obsession with gays? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually, that's what the course is about, really. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you can do the course without mentioning yeah, gay? Yeah, why do we have to have gays in it? <laughs> but, it, yeah, it is kind of funny, cos it's the one thing that you don't really talk about here. No. But, you know, that's, you know, I don't know what progress can be made. Leeds was like that once, not that long ago. No, when I first came here 30 years ago, Paul, and I went on that coral reef, and it was, like, so abundant and full of, like, a huge garden under there, thousands of fish, shoals of different fish, and octopus, turtles, lobsters, everything scurrying around. Oh, really? I mean, it was like a Disney movie when you put your head down there. Fuck. And I had no re- reason that, to think that it wasn't going to last. You were and seeing the end of it. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's now ageing at the same rate as me. I mean, it's been there like a billion years or whatever, and now it's like going... Not quite, but a few million. A few million, yeah, yeah, a few million. But it's now uh, <coughs> it's ageing, it's kind of going grey like me, going white. Yeah, sad. Well, it's... It's going to be like the med, because the med's like you put you go into the med and it's, it's basically a desert, isn't it? And it's an undersea... Yeah. All the life's retreating into the very deep, I think, to get away from us. Even there, because it's like the thing about the, the thing, all these mass beaches and stuff. They've, fi- they've figured out that what one of the worst effects underwater on on, on the at least the cetacean population is uh, is deep water high power sonar from submarines and military vessels, and they think it just the noise to them is unbearable. Right, and it confuses them. And not just confuses them; it's painful to them, right. and that's why they run away and they try and get away from it. Right. And, it, and then somebody was saying that maybe that's what's happening with the insects, with with the yeah, telephone I, masks. Yeah, who knows? I wonder if who it fucking is. knows, man. It's yeah. it's quite sobering. Yeah. Anyway, th- we're going to be here for we're going to be here for a few weeks. Yeah, that's <coughs> not so sobering. And I would like. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, rum, I don't drink rum in Europe, but here, it tastes so right, doesn't it? It does, unfortunately. It's amazing here at night. That's the other thing is that with Guy's phrase, there's, there's nothing more pro with more promise than a Jamaican night. That's yeah. what you say, doesn't and, it? And I believe it, too. When you go out there, out, out of this place, this beautiful place, but into, into the village and everything, and it's like, just like walking through Lucy, people just greet you and, like, you know, they want to... And it doesn't strike me that they want anything in particular other than some chat. Yeah, just some chat, some interesting yeah, chat. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot, there's a lot of um, misinformation about about Jamaica as well, isn't there, guy? About deliberately put out, put, deliberately put out. I think by these resorts because they don't want you venturing outside the compound. They want you to be in there and under control, because that's the way that you know, that's the way they make the money. You know, they don't want you wandering around the no, place. It's not true. They don't mind you wandering around, but only with their mates. On their tours, on their buses, on their buses going yeah. to their bars yeah. and their tourist attractions. Yes. So what they do is they say, oh, it's too dangerous to go out anywhere on your own. Don't yeah. do it. That's really bad. But hold on, this guy, m my friend Joe, he will look after you and all yeah, that. Yeah, he knows the ropes. Yeah, yeah. And it's ludicrously expensive. And uh, wow, what's happening? Wind. Wind. Huh? You know, off the sea breeze. And so that they they corral, they commodify the tourists in a way that is. I really hope that some people start talking out of, about it because it is not right. No, it not... is completely stopping the tourists coming into the villages yes. unless they're part of a, some stupid tour where, which is overpriced and where they just go to this normally very dull bar ran by the bloke who booked the tour's mate. Yeah. And they just keep them all amongst themselves. Yeah. And oh, it's, it's like a, a subsidiary of sandals. Of, oh, oh, totally, whatever, totally. You know. I mean, uh, but Stuart's son who is a butcher, he's a great hotelier, he started Sandals, he's a great hotelier, but his son owns all of these so-called tourist uh, attractions around the island, so that the, the people who are stuck in these compound hotels, when they want a day out, they go on a minibus to, you know, to, as you say, to associated uh, attractions. Mm. And they're told, when they go, oh, that village looks quite nice, why don't we stop there? They go, no, 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 it's dangerous. No, it's dangerous. Dangerous, you can't do that. See, and, it's, it's, and, it, and, it really, and it really does a great disservice to the... Uh, to, to the country and well, to the people of Jamaica. Well, also, guys, they're worried as well that if you if you go out of the compound and you find out that it's not actually that dangerous, that the, the year after you might not be going to their hotel. If you have any sense at all. You might just book a little flat, a if little you place have, down If you have here, any yeah. sense at all. And in this village, they are trying to make little little cottages and all that, and I really hope it works. But because it, the I have been in one of those compounds. Actually, it's quite hard to get into the compound, Paul, but I tell you this, it's much harder to get out. <laughs> because I have tried to pick some people up mm. from an all-inclusive family-style, very big development. I th it's done with Spanish money. I always, kind, think, kind I always figure it must be Coke money. What are these Spaniards investing millions and millions of pounds here? Well, speaking Spanish, I, I just figure it's Coke Laundering. Money. Yeah. That's guy, that guy, that guy, what the fuck are you doing? Are you a maniac? <laughs> I won't be able to know the truth. Anyway, uh, I'd just like to say at this point that Guy is a friend of mine, but his opinions are his own. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, run! <laughs> anyway, Carlos, uh, Carlos. Carlos.